TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah! It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95-7. The game. And here's Neesmith. We'll run the clock out. And that's going to end the game. Well, the Warriors gave themselves a chance to win. But turnovers and a lack of rebounding. Proved to be their undoing. And Boston takes a 2-1 NBA Finals lead. 116-100 was your final. 116-100. The Warriors lose Game 3 and Game 4. Coming up tomorrow night has become that much more pivotal. Good morning, everyone. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show. Hope you're having as good of a Thursday morning as you could possibly be having after last night's game. And you can bet your bottom dollar that we are going to be talking about that all show long. And of course, Abonte and Shasky are live from Boston uh, coming up from 6 to 9 today. And I have a feeling that it is going to get spicy, not only on the pregame show, not only from 6 to 9, but throughout the entirety of the day at 957 the game and 888-957-9570 is of course the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number if you'd like to weigh in and my goodness we got a text from the 510 that took over about seven different text box things cuz there's only so many characters you got on this text machine that we have here um and I will get to that but quite simply 116 to 100 and These are the quick numbers uh, that I'm going to share to you because we could break down the game and there's some stuff to get to like Steph and the possible injury and there's a couple of other things to get to as far as uh, what happened within the game. But quite simply, there are two numbers that you can look at overall uh, when it comes to this game. Number one. This is a this is a very easy one. Rebounding. Rebounding has been crucial for the Warriors all playoffs and quite frankly I I've been shocked at how well they've been able to control the glass on both sides. I I, I really have. You know, Kavon Looney's been leading the charge there. Andrew Wiggins had been fantastic. And Andrew Wiggins uh, with seven rebounds and Kavon Looney with seven rebounds. Those guys have been great 
all year long. But other than that, no one else on the Warriors had more than four total rebounds. They got out-rebounded 47-31. to And on the offensive glass, they got out-rebounded 15-6. to 15-6. to 22 second-chance points for the Celtics. 22 of them. And really, you could go back and watch the start of that first quarter when Jalen Brown is knocking down everything. Robert Williams grabs the offensive rebound. Jalen Brown is wide open in the corner, and he knocks down a three. He makes the game 10-2. to It's little things like that that really showed that the Celtics had been more physical, they came out with more energy, and quite frankly, they benefited from the rest that, that that both teams have had for the past couple of days. Because two guys who were fantastic crashing the boards, as well as Grant Williams. Grant Williams coming off the bench in the fourth quarter. He was huge to, to, to keep that lead alive. But Robert Williams and Marcus Smart, both of those guys had been playing hurt. And throughout their postgame, they couldn't help but talk about the rest. It was the past few days off, the past few days off, that one extra day where they're able to come back from it. I don't know if Robert Williams is going to look the same way because he said after the game that once the adrenaline goes down, that's when he'll start to get a little sore and he'll only have today off and then tomorrow it's going to be game day. I don't know if Robert Williams is going to look the same, but those guys on the offensive glass were just unreal. Unreal. They only had 13 offensive rebounds in the first two games. 13. Six in the first game, seven in the second game. And so they had 15 and they responded there. So that was the one stat there. The 15 offensive rebounds and outscoring them on second chance points, 22 to 11. Then the other one. And really, this is the big one. This just goes to show how much better the Celtics were in this game yesterday. The Warriors were outscored in the paint 52 to 26. 52 to 26. <laughs> I mean, what's more to say than that? They scored twice as many points in the paint as the Warriors did. Twice as many. Now, if you look at the threes, the Warriors knocked down two more threes than they did. The Warriors were 15 of 40 from the three-point line, while the Celtics were 13 of 35. And finally, you got that Clay Thompson game that you've been wanting. Five for 13 overall uh, from the three-point line. 17 shots total. He had 25 points on the night, and he also added three assists and made six of his free throws, all six of his free throws. So you got the Clay Thompson game. But what we didn't really talk about, well, you know what? On top of the Clay Thompson game and Steph Curry doing what Steph Curry does, you also need to be able to control the glass. There's a lot more than just, hey, we need one player to perform. What the Celtics did last night is kind of what the Warriors had been doing to these other teams through the postseason, which is control the glass, be physical in the paint, box out, Boxing out was a huge issue yesterday, last night, however you want to categorize it. Boxing out was a huge issue in last night's game. The Warriors couldn't do it. Draymond Green had a lot of trouble boxing out in this game. Everybody did. 
Everybody did. The, the, the Celtics were constantly crashing the boards. The Warriors were caught ball-watching on multiple possessions. It just didn't work last night. The Celtics were hungry. The Celtics were hungry, and they ate. And they ate. Now, granted, the Warriors did have that third quarter run. And, and I didn't even look at this until this morning prior to the show. You know, and, and you'd think, oh, man, the Warriors in the third quarter. They absolutely took over in that third quarter. They outscored them by eight, which is a big number. Right? It's a big number. But when you have the first half that the Warriors had, the type of first half that the Warriors had, where you end up going into the second half down 68 to 56. Really, you're outscoring them by eight. Okay, then you go into the fourth quarter and you're down by four and you're still fighting an uphill battle. So that third quarter, although it was a fantastic third quarter, don't get me wrong, I mean, that third quarter was just about as enjoyable to watch as any third quarter the Warriors have had. But when you are already down by double digits and you have a third quarter the way that they did, you got to perform in the fourth. In the fourth quarter, that's when the Celtics absolutely started to take over. That's when some turnovers started to happen. Steph really had three in a row. It was really it was really one turnover to Robert Williams when he's just trying to do too much. And then there was the terrible pass where he tries to go all the way across court. And then there's one where he's trying to feed it to Draymond where something isn't there. It's little things like that. And when the Warriors knocked down shots, the Celtics had responded. You know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were fantastic in yesterday's game. Jalen Brown got off to the hot start. He's the one that the defense was thinking about. You know, he he really was knocking down what felt like every shot he was trying to make in the first half. He was 6 of 9 overall in the first quarter with 17 points. 17 points in the first quarter. And then that's when Jason Tatum just started to take over. And I said yesterday that the key to me, the number one thing, the, the question that I asked was the fill-in-the-blank question to you. The Warriors will win if, and a lot of you were, uh, a lot of you were right, because you said as long as Draymond didn't get the technical, well, even worse, Draymond got six fouls, which was the highest number in the box score for him. Six fouls overall. That was the highest number. He had four rebounds in total, three assists. He had two turnovers. I guess it's good that he didn't have more than six turnovers. But he had more fouls than any other stat in the box score. And that's just as bad as Draymond getting a technical. Because he was already in foul trouble. He already had his fifth foul by the time there were seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Now, now this game two was, was huge. Or excuse me, this game three was huge. Because after you get that win in game two, and you possibly can go up two to one, and in the, la- in the last 39 finals, I believe... 32 of the teams who went on to go up 2-1 in the series, they ended up winning those finals. So the Warriors are fighting an uphill battle now. They were just outmatched in yesterday's game. And not only is this how the way the Warriors have been treating those teams previously in the playoffs, this is how they've had games against the Mavs, against the Grizzlies, against the Nuggets. Not only that, but the way that the game went yesterday is exactly how everyone thought the Celtics would beat the Warriors. They're young. 
They're athletic. They're long. They're big. Robert Williams, I think, make all, I think, makes all the difference in the world. We need to put some respect on Robert Williams' name because Marcus Smart was the defensive player of the year, and you can go, you can go back and forth and argue about whether he should have won or not. Whatever. He's still a very, very good defender. Marcus Smart is. We forget that Robert Williams was a defensive player of the year candidate prior to his injury. He got a torn meniscus at the beginning of April. And he ended up having surgery on that torn meniscus. And he came back. But prior to that, he was a DPOY candidate. He was what made the Celtics into that best defense in the league. The type of praise that Steve Kerr was giving him yesterday, he talked about it. He said that the Celtics were are the best defense in the league, and there's a reason why they're dubbed as the best defense in the league. He said that before. Robert Williams was a huge part of that, and Robert Williams' health in yesterday's game, I mean, he was fantastic. He had 25 minutes on the floor. He had 10 rebounds, three of them on offense, seven of them defensively. And he also had the four blocks, the help defense that Robert Williams brings. Like, you, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the series. Robert Williams is kind of like Rudy Gobert in that Rudy Gobert, I don't care what any of you have to say about him. I know a lot of people don't like Rudy Gobert, and a lot of people think that he's soft. But the rim protection that he brings, he makes you think twice about going to the rim. The only thing with Rudy Gobert was... You could easily get him out to the three-point line, and the help defense wouldn't be there because the Jazz were just totally out of sync and weren't a good team. So you could just bring Rudy Gobert out to the three-point line, and he didn't have the lateral quickness to stay with you. So you could just beat him off the dribble, and bing, bang, boom, you get a shot up on Rudy Gobert. Robert Williams is like that in that he instills that fear of rim protection, but also he can guard you at the three-point line and guard you all the way to the rim. He's not going to blow by you. And if they do, and if they do, the Celtics have a damn good defense where they're just going to bring the help defense there. So, it was a tough game yesterday. Like last night, <laughs> that's how everyone thought the Celtics would win with their size advantage, with their youth, with their athleticism, them crashing the boards. Again, I'm going to reiterate this, the points in the paint. 52 to 26. 52 to 26. Not a good game. Now, am I saying, oh, that's how, am, am I saying this is how the series is going to go? No, I'm not saying the series is lost. It's still only 2-1. But the pressure's on now. You do not want to come back to Chase Center and you're down 3-1. You just don't. If you come back to Chase Center and you're tied 2-2, I'm feeling really, really good. I really am. Because the Warriors are just a different team at home. So hopefully with a, with a day's rest... They can come back on Friday night and look like a different team, watch the film, and realize what they need to do, and just remember to not fall asleep when the ball is hitting the rim. And you need to box out. (laughs) There was a lot of that yesterday. A lot of that. Now, there was a scare with Steph Curry. I do want to get into that next. Because Al Horford had landed on Steph, and as we saw, Steph was grimacing there in the fourth quarter, and then eventually Steve Kerr had to take him out. Um, We'll get to what Steve Kerr had to say. Steph Curry, after the game, went to the podium. I think that's a good sign. You'll hear what he had to say. Plus, Draymond 
There's finally controversy surrounding Draymond and his podcast because he was asked about his podcast in yesterday's presser, and it got a little spicy. We'll get to all of that next. 888-957-9570. That is the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number. If you'd like to weigh in, what went wrong to you? What went wrong for the Warriors in this game against the Celtics? 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. What went wrong for the Warriors in their Game 3 loss against the Celtics? I'd love for you to weigh in. Feel free to weigh in all morning long. We'll get to that Steph sound. We'll get to Draymond all on the other side. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Dub Nation, this is Gary Payton II, and you are listening to the pregame show with Steve Langford on 95.7 The Game. Shout out to GP2 for uh, his appearance on with, uh, with Guillermo at the NBA Finals from the Jimmy Kimmel Show. I don't know if anybody saw that yet. Everyone's so used to Guillermo now and GP2 uh, in that video. They released it yesterday. We'll probably play some of that sound tomorrow because we got a lot to get to with this game as the Warriors lose Game 3, 116-100, to and we'll see if they can break on through to the other side, 2-2, when they come back here to Chase Center. I think I used that metaphor wrong. Uh, but GP2 was so excited to see Guillermo. It was great. His face lit up. I highly recommend you go and check out the video. But listen to this show right now. Check out the video at the break. You can check out the video in 10 minutes. Just wait 10 minutes. Uh, But we got a lot to get to surrounding the game now. I'm just going to reiterate here at the top of the show what I said because I want to get specifically to Steph Curry and the injury. So for any of you who are wondering where Steph Curry is at with the injury, Well, we'll get to the highlight, and then we'll also get to what Steve Kerr and Steph Curry had to say, because I think the way that Steph Curry talked about it, it gave me optimism uh, for him being able to come back in Game 3. And I think that Steve Kerr, the notification that we got 
because we got the update. We all got the notification, right? Most of us have Bleacher Report on our phones. The update we got, I think it was a little misleading as far as as far as what I could tell because the context of the way that Steve Kerr updated it with Steph, um, I think it was a, middle, a little misleading when we saw the push notification. So we could just take one look at that and think, oh, no, this isn't good. But um, I think there is some optimism there. Uh, but as far as the game goes, I'm going to continue to reiterate it. Boston had 15 offensive rebounds in this game. 15 compared to the Warriors' 6. 15 compared to the Warriors' 6. They were outscored, the Warriors were, 22-11 to on second-chance points. And then in the paint, they were outscored 52-26, to while also knocking down only two more threes than they did. So those numbers you could just you could just tell right off the bat. You don't even have to watch the game. You could tell that the Celtics were a way more physical team just based on those stats at lo- uh, stats alone. Those are what the stats tell you. The offensive rebounding numbers and the points in the paint numbers. You know, some games you could see that oh, you know what? The other team was more physical, but the other team knocked down more threes, timely threes. Well, the Warriors only knocked down two more of them. And that's not going to get you a win when they outscore you in the paint double the amount of what you had. So that was the issue there. And a big issue was just the way that the Warriors were fouling early. Steph got off to a little bit of foul trouble. And Draymond got into some foul trouble. Draymond was not good in this game. And he will be the first one to tell you that. I think Draymond can bounce back. I'm not going to lose hope in him. But he was... 1 of 4 overall shooting, 0 of 2 from the three-point line. He had two points, he had three assists, he had four rebounds, and he had six fouls. And the sixth foul happened on this specific play where Steph Curry ended up getting hurt, or at least grimacing, and looking as if he got hurt. So here's the play. Brown crowded by Poole. Too crowded, too crowded. Brown stumbles, drives right by him, down the lane, kicked it to the wing, Tatum there, shows the ball, five to shoot, backs down Thompson, fadeaway, jumper up, short, rebound on the deck, and it's loose. Boston out hustles the Warriors for it. It's going to be a scrum. People jumping on top. Smart comes up with it. How is that not a foul on Smart? Draymond Green did the same thing earlier in the game, and he's called for a foul. But Smart jumps on top of the pile, and that's okay. not a jump ball after all of that? That's a sixth foul on Draymond Green. Same play happened in earlier in this game, and Draymond got called for a foul. But Marcus Smart goes in, and it's not a foul. I don't understand that. Warriors have a player on the deck, slow to get up. That's Curry. Curry may be hurt. He's limping. Yeah, his right knee. Well, if he's hurt, that changes obviously everything. Now, before we get to what Steve Kerr and Steph Curry had to say about Steph and the injury, I just gotta I gotta mention this too. If you rewatch that play, the reason that the play happened in the first place is because Marcus Smart crashed the offensive glass when nobody realized he was coming. Like that's what the Celtics were doing throughout the game. Throughout the game. So that's why the scrum happened in the first place. It's because the Warriors were just watching the ball as opposed to trying to get the offensive rebound and boxing out. That's why it happened. And, of course, Al Horford ends up on Steph. They called Draymond for the sixth foul because, as Draymond mentions, he was trying to get Al Horford off of Steph. He could hear Steph screaming. That's what he said. 
and he tried to get Al Horford off of him. That's why they called him for a foul. And then Draymond also went on to mention that he was talking to the ref after when he did foul out. He was saying the exact same thing that Tim Roy just mentioned. He said, hey, what? I just did that same thing. I got called for a foul on that same exact play that Marcus Smart got called for a foul. Why aren't you calling that? He wasn't arguing on behalf of himself. He was arguing on behalf of the foul on... Well, the, the, on behalf of the team, on on Marcus Smart possibly fouling uh, uh, Steph and whoever else was in that scrum. Um, but Steve Kerr talked about it after the game, talked about Steph Curry's injury. And I think the push notification that we got, because that's how we do it, right? We always look at the headlines, and that's just society today. It's fine. It's just how things go. Um, but here was the full quote from that headline. When Steve Kerr was asked, did he pull Curry early because Curry was hurt? No. You mean when they dove on the floor for the jump ball? Yeah. I, I kept him in the game. Right, and then you took him out at the two-minute I minute took ball. him out with two minutes left because we were down by 14 points. So, No concern for Steph moving forward. I didn't, I didn't say that. I just The injury didn't force him out of the game, but I took him out down 14 with two minutes left because we weren't going to catch up. We'll, we'll know more tomorrow. See? That was the quote that went out to everybody. We'll know more tomorrow. And really, I think Steve Kerr, you know, I I don't know how he... He didn't handle it, because that was right out the gate. That was right out the rip. Boom, 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 boom. And Steve Kerr seemed frustrated by it. The question. And then he just simply asked, you know what? We'll We'll know more tomorrow. He never said he's okay. He never said any of that. But Steph... He still did a post-game presser. If Steph were truly hurt, you know, if if he were if he sustained an injury that were to keep him out of the series, he wouldn't have spoken after the game. I, I just want to preface this by saying that. Like Steph wouldn't have done a post-game press conference if he was truly hurt. And this is what he had to say about the injury. I'll be alright. I got caught underneath though. Obviously, uh be some pain, but I'll be alright. Figure out how it feels tomorrow and Get ready for uh, for Friday. Uh, same thing I did in Denver or uh, against Boston in regular season, but I'll be uh, not not as bad. He didn't. T- he took way longer to get up from that previous game in Boston when Marcus Smart was going for the basketball play and rolled up on him. And I and I, you know what? I'm going to say that too. That play was purely a basketball play. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be here today for anyone who's saying the Celtics were intentionally doing that. I'm not going to be here for any of that today, so don't bother texting at texting that in at the Xfinity Mobile text line at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Don't bother calling in with that and knowing the sick, twisted sense of humor that you listeners have. I know that you're going to be texting it in right away. I love all of you, but uh, the way that Steph set talked about that, I think he'll be all right, but. He's not going to be a hundred percent by the time that Friday rolls around. I'm I'm pretty confident with that. I'm pretty confident that he is not going to be at full strength. But what we've seen from Steph, we've seen that he can play even when he's hurt. We've we've seen him go off for 30-plus whenever he's hurt. So there's never really – there's never anything that I'm worried about as far as Curry being out for an extended period of time. But I don't – I am worried about his full 100% – health going into Friday's game because it's just not going to be there. But this is this is how it this is how these series go. Like this series overall, it's gonna be physical. You know, and the Celtics, they responded 
Because really, I thought throughout the week, they'd been complaining so much about Draymond. There was so much talk about Draymond. It felt like they were just so focused on Draymond. But really, they came out firing. Get out to the 10-2 lead early in the game. And you could tell that they just had new life in this one. As Robert Williams and Marcus Smart both got both got a few days off to get right, and they did, and it made a big impact in the game. Made a big impact in the game. I didn't get to it in this segment. I'll get to it in the next segment. But Draymond Green, he did not have a good game yesterday on both ends of the floor. He'll be the first one to tell you that. And there are a couple of clips that I want to play from Draymond because someone finally called him out about his podcast and they didn't exactly do it with receipts. They might have been reaching, according to Draymond. So it took over the uh, it took over the press conference. So we'll play that clip next, and then we'll get into the rest of what happened in that game. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the Xfinity Mobile text line and the phone number from the four zero eight. Looks like game four will be Steph's ankle game, like that game Isaiah Thomas played through hurt. Man, 408. I don't want to see Steph play through that game like Isaiah Thomas played through that one. Oh, my God. Oh. Watching that, it gives me chills, but at the same time, I'm watching, I'm like, how does one human sustain that much pain? Full disclosure, I worked out for the first time in like three years, two days ago, and I'm still sore, and I can barely walk. Isaiah Thomas damn near broke his ankle in that game and was still able to go. I hope Steph's not that same way on Friday. Oh. Yeah, I won't be feeling really good about the chances for the Warriors if Steph is limping the way that Isaiah Thomas was limping in that game. What was that? That was against the uh, that was against the Lakers, right? Wasn't it against the, wasn't it against the Lakers? I could be wrong on that. I don't exactly have the recollection that Ponte and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky do as they're coming up at six o'clock and they're going to be live from Boston. But what to you went wrong for the Warriors last night? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. What went wrong for the Warriors in their Game 3 loss, 116-100 to in the first game in Boston? We'll get to all that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Before we get to what Draymond had to say after the game, because there was a little exchange with him and a reporter from Bleacher Report, of all of all publications, where he was uh, called out, sort of, for his podcast. And I say sort of because called him out with not much merit. And Draymond kind of proved him wrong. I do want to get to that because this is the first time that we've heard that in a while. Um, but real quick, we don't really, I don't really get these too often. And this just, uh, I mean, I'd like to make it sound official and say like, oh, this just guy, this just came across the desk. Not really. Sam Lubbin came into the break and handed this to me and said, hey, I've got an announcement that you can make uh, if you'd like to. And I'd say, okay, I'd like to. Uh, but there is a, if you're taking BART this morning, um, listen up here. This is from BART, and this is as of 520 this morning. There is a major delay system-wide due to a computer failure. 
So if you're taking BART, please seek alternate forms of transportation at this time. We apologize for the inconvenience. Mutual aid is being provided by Muni, AC Transit, and Contra Costa Connection at this time. So I understand that a lot of you, you could be on your way to the BART station right now, but according to BART, there's a major delay system-wide due to a computer failure. So again, if you're taking BART, seek alternate forms of transportation at this time, and we apologize for the inconvenience. That is the message from BART. So again, system-wide failure, um, so be sure to seek alternate forms of transportation if you are taking BART this morning. All right, back to the game. Now, I would like to... Read off the stats once again. If you've been listening for the entire half hour, no, it's not because there's a lack of content. It's because these numbers, I think, speak for the entirety of the game and can answer it all in one simple, or two simple stats, rather. The Celtics out-rebounded the the Warriors on the offensive glass, 15-6. They had 22 second-chance points compared to the Warriors' 11 and they outscored the Warriors 52-26 to in the paint. So, second chance points, they doubled the Warriors total. And points in the paint, they doubled the Warriors total. That's not a recipe for success. You gotta get... I'm gonna say this too. You gotta give the Celtics credit. You really do. Like, they just came out firing. They, they really did. They were crashing the glass. They were knocking down shots, knocking down tough shots, getting very good looks, catching the Warriors asleep on defense. You remember that Al Horford just dime? <laughs> it's like, and Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins and everybody was asleep getting on, getting to the other end of the court. And then there was that moment toward the end of the third quarter, and we'll get to the third quarter too, because everyone is saying, you know, oh, the third quarter, the third quarter, the third quarter. Yeah, it was a good third quarter. Till about three minutes left when they took the lead and then eventually gave up that lead. I'll, I'll just say this because we got Charlie in New York on hold, and I do want to get to this Draymond sound. If you would have been that good in the third quarter, you wouldn't have been down in the fourth by four. That's just it. You only outscored him by eight in the third quarter after everything. And they dominated in that third quarter. They were fantastic in that third quarter. They just didn't close it out. And that was a big issue in last night's game. But before we uh, before we get to what Draymond had to say, let's get to Charlie in New York who wants to weigh in. Charlie in New York, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling. Hey, see what's going on. Good morning. Um, just a couple of quick points. We all knew the Celtics were going to come out uh, on fire. The Warriors needed to meet, meet that intensity. I don't know why they came out flat. Um, they just they didn't, you know... Their effort wasn't there, which was surprising. Draymond was terrible. I'm not going to blame the podcast. But because everything was so full, if given a choice between flat Draymond or pushing that line to the point of getting teed and getting kicked out of the game, I'd rather take the latter. I would have rather him play with an intensity last night and get kicked out in the third quarter than what we got last night out of him. Um, Third, uh, when the worst the lead in the third quarter. I know you have to rest. Well, you don't have to, but he rested uh, Steph with two minutes left in the third quarter. If given a choice, and I'm never going to question Kerr, but this time I will, I'd let him finish the third quarter. They had him. I don't know if they had him on the ropes, but they were rolling. And if you had needed a choice of giving him a two-minute breather, I would have rather given him the two minutes in the fourth quarter, first two minutes of the fourth quarter. 
and then everything just unraveled in the fourth quarter with turnovers and all that. Uh, lastly, I, uh, Wiggins has had a great playoff run, but game two he missed a bunch of layups. Last night he had a bunch of open shots he's missed. He's one for six from three last night. He's got to hit those. they got to hit those. And basically for me, if the Warriors play with the intensity level or the defensive effort that they did in game two, they'll win this series because the Celtics cannot score. They had 65 points going into the fourth quarter in game two. They had 68 at halftime last night. They, I, I, sometimes it's just effort. And I don't, you know, there's a few games left in the season. I, anyway. That's all I got, Steve. Yeah. No, and, and my favorite point that you made there, Charlie, and it speaks to what I was talking about there in the third quarter, um, was the talk to Poole Steph. And Steve Kerr talked about that. He talked. He was asked why he started Steph in the fourth because normally how it's been is you play Steph. This is how it's been with Steph through, throughout his time here. You play him in the third, and then you sit him in the fourth, and you bring him back in to close the fourth. Here's what Steve Kerr had to say about why he started Curry in the fourth. We went back to Steph to start the fourth. We, we gave him the last three minutes or so of the third because we knew we were going to have to score to start that fourth quarter. And... Um, just couldn't get anything to go. We had a couple turnovers and um, you know a couple shots that didn't go down, and um, obviously they took advantage. And and Charlie, you mentioned that he took him out with two minutes left. He didn't take him out with two minutes left. He took him out with three minutes left, specifically with two fifty three left in the game. With two fifty three left. That's a huge move after the Warriors climb all the way back. They started out the third quarter down 70 to 56. They were down by 14 and then eventually with 345 left, when Curry made that three-pointer, he made it an 83 to 82 game and they were up by one and I got to give the Celtics credit cuz Ime Udoka, what did he do? He brought in Marcus Smart and Robert Williams for Al Horford and Derek White. And right from the rip, Marcus Smart makes that three-pointer to make it 85-83. to Steph would go on to miss a two-pointer. The score would still be 85-83. Draymond Green would get the foul, and then Boston would end up Getting call uh, would end up calling the timeout as they're up eighty five to eighty three, and that's with two fifty three left, and that's when Steve Kerr decides to put Kavon Looney and Andrew Wiggins in for Steph and Draymond, and then the Celtics close things out, and they make it ninety three to eighty nine by the end of the quarter. Sure, the Warriors did score six after all. But they got outscored 8-6 to six to close things out in the third. So even though the third quarter, they had a great third quarter, it was great for 9 minutes and 7 seconds. Because the other 2.53, they were not good. And that's when the Celtics ended up taking the lead. And they also had that one sequence there where Jason Tatum missed the three-pointer and then there was this whole scrum that was happening. Everyone's fighting for the ball, and then Grant Williams would come up with the offensive rebound. Like, that was a, it was just a strange sequence of events in that situation when, they, when it was 89-86. to 86. But I think that spoke to what the, uh, uh, I think that spoke to what the Celtics just did all game. I think I really think that whole sequence was a microcosm of the game for the Warriors. They'd been it's not for the, the Celtics put in a lot of effort. You know, and 
it was hard because I'm not I'm not going to lie I'm not watching that game and thinking there's a lack of effort on the offensive end there was a lack of effort as far as trying to fight for the 50-50 balls and boxing out guys but they were still trying to get open they were still moving off ball it wasn't a lot of isolation play it, you know there wasn't a lot of that so the effort was there offensively but as far as rebounding goes, that's where the Celtics really made a point to try and crash the boards and also get those 50-50 balls that everybody's talking about. And to Draymond's podcast, because he's probably going to do another one today, and he was asked about it. He was asked whether the X's and O's that he talked about on his last podcast maybe gave the Celtics an idea of the adjustment to make. It's actually, I'm just going to mention this. Uh, Joe, the Butcher Boy Shasky, has been getting this one texter who's constantly been texting in saying, you got to stop listening. You got to you got to stop talking about these adjustments. Boston's going to be listening. They're going to use it in the game. This is kind of the same thing that Draymond was asked about because Draymond was asked from, I believe his name is Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report. And he was asked whether the X's and O's that he discussed on his last podcast maybe helped the Celtics and they were listening. And here's the response to that. I don't say much different on the podcast than I say to you right here. What's the X's and O's that I said on the podcast? The only real thing I, I noticed that like really stood out, you talked about how to cover White, Smart, and Horford differently between games one and two. That was really only... Oh, yeah, that was just contesting shots. That, if that's X's and O's, then I don't... You reaching for something? It's all good, though. Keep going. <laughs> reaching heavy. The only thing you find that they are taking X's and O's away from your your podcast. Uh, are, well, the only thing you've said is um, White, Smart, and Horford. Hmm. I'm not trying to blow it up. I, nah, I mean you you went for it, but yeah. hey, respect. Appreciate the podcast uh, promo you just gave me, you though. It, the Draymond Green Show. You next time just mention it that way. <laughs> all right, So he had that exchange, but this is the way that Draymond started off the press conference, and this is true. Draymond, how do you how do you feel you played like? So there you go, pretty simple. Draymond, how do you how do you feel you played like? So that's nothing new, but you know, saying you know, talking about Draymond's game, you need him to be physical, and when Charlie in New York City brought that up. As far as shooting the basketball goes, there were a couple of open layups that he missed, but he needs to knock down these open threes. I like him shooting threes. I do. If you give me two to four a game, I'm good with that. But you got to knock down at least one. You got to knock down at least one. Because you're just not giving the Celtics defense anything to think about. Now, Steph and Clay were fantastic, but, you know. Draymond needs to make shots because he's going to be playing a heavy amount of minutes. And I think that's what goes into the type of adjustments that Steve Kerr was trying to make because you heard that reason. Steve Kerr, and to start the fourth quarter, the reason that he sat Curry with just about three minutes left there in the third is so he could rest him up because he knew that they'd need scoring to start the fourth I think there's a trickle-down effect when it comes to guys on the floor when they're not scoring because there's also some instances where Steve Kerr decided to bring in GP2 instead of Kavon Looney because even though you're getting out-rebounded and clearly need size on the floor to compete with what the Celtics are bringing in terms of size, Steve Kerr is too worried about scoring. And that's partially because Draymond couldn't score. And he's also playing with foul trouble, too, so he couldn't be aggressive. Draymond was not good in yesterday's game. And, and when it comes to the podcast, I will say this. I've listened to damn near every episode, almost every episode. 
I'm not gonna lie. There's some, there's sometimes when she's like, all right, I don't need to hear this rant. I like hearing what he I like hearing what he has to say on the Warriors, and he's never revealed too much. He's never revealed too much, and the the team's gonna make sure of that. <laughs> like like the Warriors are gonna make sure. Look, dude, you could do the podcast all you want and say as much as you want. Just don't reveal anything from our team. Don't be you know don't be uh you know, don't don't be uh. Too much of, uh, good Lord, what am I trying to, too outspoken. Don't be too outspoken about what we do, right? But when it comes to his podcast, I do think that he does call himself out, and he does take accountability, and if he does one today, which I'll, I'll, I'll assume that he did, actually, I mean, there, you know what, I haven't even checked, there could be, there could be a Draymond Green podcast out right now. I've noticed that when he does play poorly, because there have been, there's plenty of games where he's played poorly this season. As a matter of fact, there is. There was a Game 3 breakdown that came out this morning. Based on that, and I'm sure with the way that he responded in that press conference... Draymond, how do you, how do you feel you played? You know? Like, <laughs> I'm sure that he's going to take some accountability on his podcast, and I do think that he's going to take what he says and try to back that up. Because you don't want to just go on your podcast and then talk all this mess about, you know, bouncing back and then just not do it. And Draymond's been a man of his word so far. Anytime he's had a podcast where he's called himself out for a bad game, he's come back and he's responded. So I do think that he could respond in game four, but at the same time, got to knock down shots. Got to knock down those open threes. Don't pass up a floater. There was one yesterday where he passed it up and he tried to go for Wiggins for a three, I believe, and then Wiggins ended up missing it. Like, you know, he, he needs to take those open opportunities, and I'm sure that he will. I think that he can make that adjustment. But I'm wondering, as far as the adjustments go, how the Warriors respond in Game 4. Because what the Celtics did in this game was they showed, and they've proven a lot of people right, as to why the Celtics would win this series. At least they did with this single game, and that was... They got too much size. They got too much length. They're too young. You know, Steph and Clay, you can let them get whatever they want, but as long as you, as long as the other guys don't go off and you don't let them rebound, you beat them on the boards, you beat them in points in the paint, you just out physical them, even if, if that's a saying. I mean, this everything that anyone's been talking about when it comes to the Celtics and why they'd win this series, they showed who the Celtics can be in this game. Like, Ime Udoka came out from Game 1 and said they didn't play their best. He didn't say anything like that after the game in this one. He had a lot of praise. These guys played a very good game. It wasn't all about the others. You know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both have been fantastic. Jalen Brown was the one to start things off, and then Jason Tatum was really the one to close things out. Jason Tatum was had 15 points in the in the second half. Combine that with Marcus Smart, who had 14. Now, Jalen Brown only had five, but he's the one who got everything started. He had 17 points in the first quarter. So, I, I, I look, it's a tough series. It's the finals. And really, what the biggest takeaway is, is, man, there's no X's and O's adjustment that needs to be made. Because these teams, after three games, they understand each other. Now, it's about who wants it more. And who's going to put in more effort than the other team? That's what it's going to be about from now on. And who can play through these injuries? Robert Williams and Marcus Smart, they looked damn good yesterday. 
Robert Williams, I think, is huge for their defense. Not literally. I mean, he's huge for their defense. As a, he's just huge for their defense as their big guy. But I think Robert Williams has been fantastic in the way that they can respond in Game 4, the Warriors. That's going to be simply, to me, boxing out and being cognizant of that. When the ball is in the air, there's most likely going to be a Celtic who's crashing the boards. Maybe I should think about getting my feet set so I can box out this dude and maybe try and get the rebound or at least tip the rebound. Because really, the game was, it felt like the game was out of reach. You know, toward the end of the third quarter when they were when the Celtics were up by four, it's that situation where it's like, okay, well, the, the Warriors had their third quarter flurry, but still, the Celtics are up in this game going into the fourth quarter. And then the offensive rebound by Grant Williams, where he just simply gets the layup in to make it 102 to 91. It felt like that was the nail in the coffin there with nine minutes left in the game. Unless the Warriors would have gotten some stops on defense. But again, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both made shots. It's Jason Tatum first, then Jalen Brown, then Jason Tatum again. Then Marcus Smart made a couple of big threes. Grant Williams had that offensive rebound, though, and that layup. There was still plenty of time left, but it just it really felt like there was just they were just too much for the Warriors. They were just too much. But again. I think that games are different in the finals. Every game. I'm not worried about the Warriors losing this one. There's, there, there's, this way, there, there's just way too much other stuff to worry about because the series is still 2-1. And if the Warriors end up winning Game 4 and they split the series, that's the goal anytime you go on the road is to split the series. And if they come back to Game 5, Type 2-2, and they're back at Chase Center, I'm feeling really good. And there's a lot of people here from the, uh, I, I got to tell you, from the 510, uh, that was a dirty play, dirty guy, Steven. From the uh, 510, that was a dirty play on Steph. From the, uh, ooh, where, where'd it go? Damn, there are a lot of texts this morning. Then also, from the, from the 209, what about Horford slipping his foot under Steph shooting a three? You know... I was I I went back and forth on that. I really did. The slow-mo showed that, you know, it showed that it looked like Al Horford had slipped his foot there, but man, he leaned in and eventually it was called a flagrant foul, but I don't think Al Horford's the type of dude to intentionally do that. I genuinely think he was trying to block the shot and he just didn't understand that his foot was going to be in that in in that type of uh in that direction where Steph was going to land. You know, thank God. Like, I'm not even thinking about the play, you know, whether it was dirty or not, because he ended up getting called for a flagrant one anyway. I'm not even worried about that. I'm just glad Steph's ankle is okay after that. Of course, Steph, we know that he got hurt late in the fourth quarter, and we'll see what he's like, uh, uh, you know, in game four. This is what he said after the game for the new listeners coming in. I'll be all right. I got caught underneath, though. Obviously, uh be some pain, but I'll be all right. Figure out how it feels tomorrow, and... Get ready for uh, for Friday. Uh, same thing I did in Denver or uh, against Boston in the regular season, but I'll be uh, not not as bad. It was purely a basketball play, and I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent going into Game Four. I think he's going to play, but I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. And uh, I think with Steph in that play, I'm just glad that he didn't roll his ankle as bad as he could have with that three. With that three by with with that three where Al Horford slipped his foot there, 
even though I don't know, slipping his foot, that 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 insinuates that he was intentional with it. I don't think that he was intentional with it. That's just me. That's just me. You could think otherwise if you'd like and think that it was a dirty play, and then you could go on complaining like the Celtics fans for the next two days about how, how Al Horford was dirty, had a dirty play against Steph. And that loose ball, well, look at how that loose ball where Curry ended up uh, getting mixed up with Al Horford there on the floor, uh, look at how that loose ball came to be. It's because the Celtics crashed the boards. Something that they'd been doing all game long. All game long. Look, they took game three. They took game three and that's it. And you know, I wrote this down. And I, I there's not really a point in what I'm trying to say here. Not much of a point. But I was thinking this with Robert Williams and the way that he looked in this game. He came back from a torn meniscus. A torn meniscus is the exact same injury that James Wiseman had sustained last year. And Robert Williams has managed to come back into the playoffs. Now, he's been hobbling. Granted, he's been hurt. But, man, I'm, just, I'm not going to lie. I had that thought yesterday of just, man, the way that Robert Williams has been playing, how hurt was James Wiseman if he's not able to do something like that? I mean, there's got to be a lot more to it than just the, the torn meniscus. Man, his rehab must have been must have been tough through the offseason if he's still not even come even able to come back this year. Because Robert Williams suffered the same thing. It was a torn meniscus. I'm sure the the severity of it might have been different, but still a torn meniscus is a torn meniscus. And he was able to come back. There's not much of a point of what I'm trying to say. It was just a thought that I had as I was watching the game. Um, real quick, before we close out the show and we get to Bonte and Shasky, who are again live from Boston, I'm curious to hear what they have to say about the game and the way that it was over there at the TD Garden. Um, but just want to reiterate here, If you are taking BART, if you're on the way to BART, they gave us this alert here. There's a major delay system-wide due to a computer failure. So please, if you're taking BART, seek alternate forms of transportation at this time. We apologize for the inconvenience. So just in case you're taking BART, there's a system-wide delay due to a computer failure. So if you're taking BART, seek alternate forms of transportation. The Warriors got got. That's simply it. They didn't get enough from any of their other guys outside of Steph and Clay. And even so with Clay, he didn't start off too hot. There were a couple of threes that Clay could have made. There was an open three that Andrew Wiggins could have knocked down. If you're playing from down double digits, you need timely threes in order to come back. And they had those timely threes in the third quarter. But too many, too many turnovers. Maybe a bad decision by Steve Kerr to sit Steph Curry with three minutes left in the third quarter and trying to start him in the fourth. Maybe there was a bad decision there. But I do think there's a trickle down effect because of the way that the rest of the team was playing. It, it, all, all these decisions that he makes, you could all you, you can all trace it back to the way that the Warriors have been lacking in the department in which he wants to improve whenever he puts guys in there. Bring Kerry Payton in, it's because I want some defense, but I also want some scoring instead of Kavon Looney who brings the size. I'm not getting scoring from anybody else, so I need to bring somebody in and sacrifice the size for this team so that we can go small and try and get some scoring. That didn't work. Sitting Steph Curry did not work toward the end of the third quarter. 
Look, the Warriors got got, but I think Game 4 on Friday, they can turn it around, and I'm just as excited for Game 4 as I was for last night's game. But that's going to do it for me. Bonte and Shasky are on the other side. The Morning Roast coming up next, 888-957-9570. The phone lines, the text line, all of it's going to be open all morning long. Go live on Twitch. Go live on YouTube. You want to check them out on the live stream. We're always live streaming throughout the day. You got me and producer Sam Lubman behind the glass up until 9 o'clock. Thank you so much for texting in. Thank you so much for calling in. And as always, go sports. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.